Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Today, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Are Commanded to Rejoice. Pray with me. God, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for this time to be here, Lord. I thank you for each person who's come today, God, and I pray that you'd speak to us from your spirit, from your word, through your son, God. I pray that you would anoint me. God, fill me with your words to say. Fill me with words that would be sound doctrine. God, I pray you'd increase our faith, our hope, and our love today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are commanded to rejoice. I don't know if I will ever live to see it, I've been saying this from the beginning because it has been my pattern as a preacher to read the text, to announce the title of the sermon, because that's as far as some people will get, and then to pray. And I've been saying this since we started 17 years ago, that one day we are going to have enough people who came in on ready. Enough people who are sure enough saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to have enough people present in church to where that crowd outnumbers the rest of the crowd. And when that crowd outnumbers the rest, I'm talking about the crowd that came in and brought their praise with them. I'm talking about the crowd that came in just thinking, if they just get far enough out of my way today, I'm going to give it all to God. The crowd that came in, tithe already written out, already in the envelope, came in already knowing I am going to receive, God's got something to say to me, came in with a heart like the psalmist saying, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad God let me come one more, a crowd like that, that outnumbers the, even say, now I'm not just talking about outnumbers the lost people. I'm talking about fired up, saved people, outnumber lost people, and raggedy living saved people. If that crowd ever outnumbers the rest of y'all, I want to tell you something, it's going to happen. I might not live to see it, but if the crowd ever outnumbers the rest of y'all, it's going to happen. I guess I'd have to live to see it if I read the scripture and announced the sermon that people are just going to begin to fall out, come to the altar, find the bucket to put money in, and then instead of just having church, we could just have God sit down on us. Too many times people hear the, the, the opening scripture or they hear the title and then they just start making their estimations in their mind about what's going to be said, to whom it's going to be said, and how it's going to be said. But I want you to know God wants to do something in you today. I've been telling y'all for years, you guys, some of y'all are able to finish most of the things that I want you to be able to finish. Some of y'all haven't quite caught up, either because you sleep through church or you haven't been around long enough. But God is our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. And I know a lot about being a father. 
I know a lot about being a father because it, it's, it's one of the biggest things I do and the th one of the things I take most serious in my life is being a father. I know about being a dad. And I can tell you, and I've told you for years, there's two things that God wants. The first one is total obedience. Every father wants total obedience. Just do what you're told to do. The, and, and the second thing he wants is what? No, no drama. Every father, and I'm guessing every mother, amen, want total obedience and no drama. You want those children, some of y'all got to stop negotiating with these terrorists. How you going to call my kid a terrorist? Why are you letting your kid terrorize everything? But why? If you let your child ask you but why twice and you don't have a vein pop loose out of here, you didn't finish parenting school. You need to come to pastor's parenting school and find how to get your child to stop asking you why. Why? Because you're not supposed to throw the green bean cans at the little old lady five hours over. But why? Because it might hurt her head. But why? There's no end to that game unless you have a good parenting strategy. Total obedience, no drama. That is what God wants from us. So here's what I want you to do before we even get into it this morning. I want you to be honest with yourself. Don't answer out loud, but I want you to be honest with yourself inside your own head. Have you lately been giving God total obedience and no drama? Wow. See, there's quiet enough to hear a roach poop. I almost said fart, but some of y'all get upset by the weirdest things. Have you been giving God total obedience and no drama? If you haven't, you are stressing your relationship with God. Now, the good thing is you can't stress God out. The Bible says God, he don't get weary, he don't get tired. God doesn't get freaked out. But you can grieve God. You can wound the heart of your father you ought to be the child that that pleases the father you ought to desire to be the child that that daddy's happy with you ought to be the good son amen the good daughter and i want you to listen today and i want you to receive from the lord and i want us to start doing what god has called us to do that's not a popular preaching message that's obedience is never popular uh, submitting to authority allowing someone else to tell you what to, that's never popular living your best life now having abundance all those things empowerment all those things are the message of today but God is still looking for two things he's looking for total obedience and no drama that's what the children should be willing to give the father and we've got to figure out where we're at because God commands us oh look at we got two screens today somebody give God praise I look on this screen today I'm gonna preach right over here my friend, how you doing? Glory to God, that screen's been out for 100 years. It feels like it. Don't look as good as this screen. I might have to stay over here. We are commanded to do what? Rejoice. We got to get this figured out this morning because I am convinced that there are too many people being plagued in their mind. I am convinced that the battle in this generation is for your mind. 
I've told you before, there's, the devil has switched strategies somewhat, staying inside his little box that he has to operate in, but he's used different things to try to attack the people of God. And I believe in this generation, one of the things that he's used greatly is mental attack. Well, pharmacy companies or drug companies keep making up new diseases. It wasn't enough to have this disease, then they had to add this disease, and you got people believing in all these different diseases, taking medicine for everything under the sun. That's why I told you, I think it was two weeks ago, that we need to obey the scripture and learn to take our thoughts captive. We need to learn how to control what's going on in our mind. Listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Do not let your mind run away with you. Here's the problem. Most people in the world are either being led around by their feelings, your poor little pitiful feelings. Boy, I, I, I love what Ben Shapiro says. Facts don't care about feelings. My, my name is Scott. If that hurts your feelings, I, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, you shouldn't let facts uh, hurt your feelings. Too many people being upset, letting, being emotional, wearing their emotions on their sleeve. They get led around, not by God, not by God's word, but by their emotions. Don't be an emotionally driven person. Well, that's just how I am, Pastor. I come from a, I, I'm Italian. I come from a long line of emotional people. Do you know every race of people tries to use that same excuse? Well, Pastor Scott, I'm just black. We're just full of flavor, and we, we just a, we're demonstrative people. That does not give you permission to talk all the way through the movie. Amen? Okay? Well, Pastor Scott, I'm Hispanic, and we just fiery people. Listen, Dad don't give you an excuse to learn nine different ways to pop your neck and, and, and your gum at the same time. Uh, uh, but people, you can use, anybody can use an excuse for why they don't want to line up. Look at somebody and say, line up. It's not a popular message, but it'll get you to where you need to go. This is why so many people aren't prospering in Christ. This is why so many people aren't prospering inside the kingdom of God because they're trying to be too unique. They're trying to excuse all of their bad behavior, and they won't do what God has called them to do. You see, you could get any church, and I've been in them. I could go to any church right now in America, and, and I could start it, and they would chime right in with certain things. God is good, and all the time, see that? People smiling. They like that. God is good all the time. But are you good to God all the time? See, we shouldn't have to be told God is good all the time. What, what type of person in their right mind claiming salvation doesn't understand that God is good? That's like your child coming to you saying, Mommy, you're the best mom ever. Don't try me, child. Go back to your room. You know there's an angle being worked there. There's an angle being worked there. The parent is almost always doing the right thing. It's the child who's jamming it up. Kids are like, that's not true. My mom whack. Well, I see where you get it from then. But the reality is we need to line up and obey our Heavenly Father. And people don't want to do that. But I believe that's why so many people are under mental attack. That's why so many people aren't walking in the benefits of God. The scripture tells us not to forget the benefits. Too many people say that they're saved, but they look like they have no benefits. They look like people get a dollar a raise, a dollar an hour raise on their job. They sing, shout, buck, holler, and dance. God woke you up this morning and allowed you to stand on both feet. You ought to be glorifying God about that. You're coming. 
And, and I, speak, speaking of that, um, I got a good report on Deacon Ken. He, he, he's still living, breathing, doing all right. Amen. Y'all keep praying for Deacon Ken. He's recovering and, and doing, a, and God is blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us to get to the point where we get serious about obeying God. Because all these other things that churches are trying to get people to do, and yes, it'll fill their seats up. Yes, it'll, it'll, it'll put plenty of money in their bank account. You stroke people enough, they give you things. Like attendance, like money. You, 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 you con people enough, you, you get in their pocket. But that's not going to please God. Telling people they're patting people on the back while they're acting crazy. Listen, I, this this whole generation is whack. I hope y'all know that. I had to ask my son. I I asked Jake last night. I said, "Now, do you honestly believe?" Because we were talking about life, uh, their generation versus our, my generation, and I had kids late. The doctors told Gail and I we'd never have kids. I didn't have my kids till I was thirty-eight and forty. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm an old parent, but so there's a lot of the gap between us. But that, this, this young generation, they just don't throw hands like we did. Do, do they, Elder? They just don't throw hands. They, they just don't go in. They, they talk all that trash. Listen, it is hilarious, man. I, 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 I waste too much time. I repent. I waste too much time on watching YouTube videos of uh, that, that mall cop, Darian Long, in, in the Atlanta Metro Mall. Pushing, pushing up on crazy people, and all of them say the same thing. As soon as he pushed them in the chest, oh, no, you didn't. You ain't going to put your hands on me. You better not put your shove them again. I, I, I swear on my, on my mama, dog, you can't put your hand. Shove them again. Uh, you, t- touch me one more time. And I'm like, how many times can you say that and feel good about yourself? Hit that man back. Do something, man. I mean, I, but that's this generation. Talk, 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 talk. And so we, we were going on that line because, um, honestly, every man in the room, probably 45 and older, uh, had, had fist fights with his friends, had fist fights with his teammates, had fist fights with his cousins, his brothers. I'm talking about ball up a fist and hit somebody in the face. These young people, are, I'm not advocating that, okay? Don't, don't leave here thinking, oh, he just want everybody walking around hitting. Hey, well, I have told my children, you, you, you know why? Some, some kids always stay mouthy, especially, especially teenage boys. You know, why, you know why they're always all swole up, swagged out, and, and talk too much? Because ain't nobody ever hit them in the mouth. That would take a lot of air out the sails right there. That would ungas them quick, fast, and in a hurry. But So we were on that line of talk, and I'm going to get to church in a minute. We were on that line of talk, and I told him, I said, you know, I just had a wild thought. Because every generation tells the, the generation behind them, y'all got it easy. Y'all got it easy. Y'all, I don't even know what candy commercial that is, but they got the fourth graders sitting around talking about how easy the third graders have it because they get, oh, Gogurt, because they got that easy. Op- we, we had to work to get our Gogurt. And uh, these third graders, they, they, they got new playground equipment. They didn't come up the way we came up. And I'm like, okay, that's an extreme. But every generation tells their children, y'all generation lazy, Y'all ain't hard like us. Y'all couldn't fight like us. Y'all couldn't outwork us. Um, and, and so I asked my son, and, and this would really blow my mind. I said, is anybody your age really going to be able to look their kids in the face and say, oh, we had it hard coming up? You know, we, 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 we had 
Uh, we had internet that, that only took one one hundredth millionth of a second to click. Could you believe we had to wait one one hundredth of a million of a second for our internet to lock in? I mean, it was like click bang, and then you got like click bang. Now, I mean, your internet is so fast. I mean, what, what are you going to complain about? We, oh, oh, we only had 65-inch televisions when I was growing up. Uh, we, it, it was hard on us, man. We had whisper-quiet dishwashers. You could almost hear that thing if you walked past it. You know, it, it, it could interfere with you being on your cell phone. You could almost hear it changing. What are they going to complain about? But they might. They might. They'll be telling their kids, we were hard when we came up. Man, I'm telling you the truth. We, 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 had, we had air conditioning. We had thermostats that, that our parents didn't always let us run behind their back. I, I don't know what they're going to say. But every generation tries to make it different. But I want you to know, things do change generationally. Can we agree on that? From one generation to the next, things change. And I believe this generation that we're in right now is having so much of an attack on their mind that it is preventing us from doing this part of the scripture, preventing us from being rejoicing people, preventing us from being people filled with joy. I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, we have more conveniences than any generation has ever had before. We have it easier than any generation has ever had it before from, from uh, everything that's at our fingertips. But this generation, including every person in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, everyone alive on this, in this country right now is, is more apt to complain than the people that came before us. So what, what we're handing off to the future generations is, is, is not following Christ, not a, a, a standard of doing what God has called us to do, not obeying the scripture that tells us to rejoice, but there's so much negativity in people's mind and as I was preparing for this message I, I began to think about it and, and 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 I realized this we live in a world where we see and hear too much it's too much we're exposed to too much instant information whether it's through social media or whether it's through the news uh, we hear everything that could possibly upset us and too many times we let us let it affect our mood we we hear too much about everything okay so I, pe people love to rag on me. I don't get on anybody when their team loses. Uh, and honestly, I'm, I, I got, I'm in dealing with this back stuff. I, I'm following sports less now than I ever have. But think about the game yesterday. I was shocked that Florida beat number five LSU. I was surprised by that. Um, but I, so I got to thinking about in, in light of this message, do you know both those schools are over 150 years old? Both those schools were around in the 1800s. When there was no TV, when there was no internet. And, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, Gainesville is Hicktown, USA for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gator fan, but have you been to Gainesville? I mean, you know, it's, it's like the land time forgot. It, it's, it's still, you know, goats and chickens, and uh, you, you got one little strip that looks like a college town, but the rest of it is farms and, 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 and cows and chickens and stuff. And everything in Louisiana, where my family's from, is that. So these are two agriculturally driven college towns. These, these are two agriculturally, and, and I'm thinking, you know, the farmer in Louisiana, my great-grandfather was a farmer in Louisiana. My grandfather was a farmer in Louisiana. My mama was a farmer in Louisiana. 
And so I know about these LSU people. I, I, I know about life on the bayou. I know about how the, the mindset and the lifestyle is and was there. I can promise you this. I wasn't alive in the 1800s, but when they were farming in Louisiana in the 1800s without TV, without Internet, without uh, Bluetooth in their ear all the time, these kids can't walk around anywhere without something in their ears. Uh, it, anyway, let me get off that because they're never going to come back. The farmer is hoping, because these farmers went to LSU, some of these farmers graduated with engineering degrees from LSU and kept farming. They wanted LSU to win, but they didn't know if they won or lost. And they went to bed at night not knowing. Now, right now, some people, you can't, you can't even go to bed at night without checking your Instagram. You can't go to bed. Let me talk to people 40 and older. You can't go to bed at night without checking your Facebook. You, 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 you can't, you, you got to check to see who won this, who won that, who did this, who said that. Listen, if one of their neighbors came home from the game honking the horn, cheering with LSU, uh, hanging off the back of their donkey wagon, won the game, then they know LSU won the game. But what they didn't know, they, they, they didn't want to hear all the stuff they didn't want hey well what about when the guy got tackled hard on the sidelines and the bench player ran up to him and and talked about his mom and did what they, they didn't get into all that a hundred years ago but right now we have all of that we have it on ready record we have it on instant record there's a big ufc fight last night uh it had an eruption spilled out into the stands they cut the cameras finished it off didn't even have normal post-game interviews but I told the kids, I'll jump on YouTube. They'll be telling it all. <laughs> we have immediate access to everything. You can hear, listen, doesn't matter who you like, who you don't like. You can pull trash up on every politician you want to right now, every school teacher, every principal, every preacher, every person that, that, that you want to look up. You can look up. There's too much access to information. It could be a good thing, but we got to be wise. The Bible tells us to be wise. We got to understand that what God could use to bless us, the devil can use to mess with us. And this information has some people just so wound up. I was talking to my mom this week, and I was so proud of her. She told me that she has pulled away from some of this 24-hour-a-day political news-watching stuff because I told her, Mom, that's just gearing you up too hard. That's going to gear you up, stress you out, and, and, it's, and it's going to cause you to not look as, 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 as God-loving and Christ-honoring as you really are. There's so much information out there that too many times we let it affect our mood. I tell you all, every time an election rolls around, it's going to be what it's going to be. Who's going to win is going to win. And, and it's, uh, some people just stomp and snort for four or eight years, mad, ticked off, just can't stand it. Uh, listen, all these people, they're paid. They, they, they get money by, by, by winding us up. I, I promise you this. Everybody just, you, I heard people say, if, if Hillary wins, they're going to close churches all over America. How is Hillary Clinton going to close churches all over America? I heard, I heard lots of people say, if Trump wins, they're going to have us back in chains. <laughs> what country, what, what, what history, what civics class did you take that, that said the president could close churches or, or create slavery? 
that's, that's not how our government works, but people get freaked out, and there's so much information out there, and people start conflating information because they hear a little bit of truth over here mixed with a little bit of commentary over here and a little bit of hatred over here, and then all of a sudden that's gospel to them. And now their mind is upset, and they're worried. I, I see this whole country freaking out over this Supreme Court judge. Listen, let me tell you something about, about Supreme Court judges. Never met one. Never had one of them make me pay their light bill. You're like, well, Pastor Scott, isn't it important? It, it may have some relevance, but I'm going to keep saying it as long as God gives me breath. It, it, it will matter to you less who's in the White House if you begin to rejoice over who's on God's throne. It doesn't matter who's sitting on Pennsylvania Avenue. It matters who's reigning in heaven. And I, I want you to free yourself from all of this information that is causing you to be a non-rejoicing person. And I've had people tell me, I've had people look at me in the face, well, how, how, can I, how can I rejoice under this president? Well, how under him are you? Was he standing on your head? I, 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 I never had a president buy me a meal. I, ne I never had a president have me pay his light bill. People get wind up. Yes, oh, I get it. You civic-minded people, you ultra-radicals, I, I, I get it. There, there, there is a certain amount of power that these people hold, but their power is limited, and their power is nothing against our God. And if we allow ourselves to be carried away with all this excess of information to, to, the, to the mundane, you, people didn't know this stuff. This, I, 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 Elder Jim and I talk about the Lord. We talk about life. We talk a lot about sports. Uh, I, I, was, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, and, and, and you can testify this, and everybody that loves sports can testify this. It's got some age on them. Back in the day, not, nobody heard how, how drunk Babe Ruth got at night. They didn't, they didn't blow him up. on the, You didn't have 500 pictures of him. Babe Ruth was a notorious drunk. This dude showed up to the game drunk as a pitcher. Pitched the whole game drunk, hit three home runs, leave and go get drunk er. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Let an athlete mess around and say something he shouldn't have said. Let an entertainer let something slip out of their mouth that they didn't know. Let, I'm going to tell you something. You should always live your life like there's 12 cameras and six microphones on you. Because somebody's watching. And I'm not talking about Big Brother. And I'm not talking about people in your... God is watching. And you need to know God has eyes on us. And, but, but there's people... The athletes didn't have the pressure on them that these athletes have now. They're under the, they're living in a glass house, man. They are under the scrutiny and the constant. And people are like, well, I like so-and-so. I, I, I love so-and-so until I found out that he said such-and-such. Oh, so now he's not a good running back anymore? You, you, you just flip teams off? And this excess of information, if you allow it to, will cause an overload in your mind, and your mind will run away with you. Don't let your mind run away with you. Take control of your thoughts because God has given us a commandment to rejoice. So I'm going to ask you, don't answer out loud, but answer this in your mind. Have you been rejoicing more this week or have you been complaining more this week? Have you been thrilled about how great God is this week or more so have you been on the other side of 
that equation. Let's think about this word, rejoice. Here's what it means. To celebrate and willingly be happy. To celebrate and willingly. Say willingly. Be happy. Here's where people miss it. That word right there. Well, I rejoice over her promotion, but I can't stand her. Oh, ain't you saved and special? That's not Christian mindset at all. Oh, well, I give God thanks uh, for my new boss, but he just ignorant. That you are not willingly being happy. And some of y'all are never going to walk in abundance. Until you can celebrate others, you're never going to have anything to celebrate for real in your own life. You reap what you sow. You need to learn how to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Stop being so bitter that you can't be happy for anybody else's success. I got to go ahead and give it because, you know, I don't want no feminazis raising up in the Lord's house. This is why God gave. Size, not, not all. There are some women, listen, that, that roll in at 260 pounds that, you know, you might want to swing on a brother. But in general, God gave size and strength to the man more so than to the women. Anybody agree with that? If as a woman you can't agree with that, let me tell you something. You need to untestosterone yourself, and you married the wrong dude if you're like, my man, I slap you. You married the wrong one. But the reason why God, this is my own personal opinion, hate me if you want to. God said you got to love me in spite of me, so ha, ha, ha. <laughs> God, I believe God gave men size and strength and not women because God gave women certain things that that just would not have worked well with. If women were just naturally bigger and stronger than men, uh, whew, what a world that would be. See, because men can go to war on a football field for three hours and pat each other on the back, slap each other on the butt, hug each other's neck, kneel down, pray, thank God, going about their business. Women? Wow. Wow. If women get, let a woman get out there for three hours in some competitive sport and have some woman cuss her on the other side of the line, talk about her mama, spit on her, pull her hair. There ain't no hugging after this game, baby. It's hairpin stabbing going on off up in here. Somebody about to get cut. Women are too competitive. And listen, I give you more of my opinion. You don't have to love it and you don't have to come back. I hope you will. But women, and listen, I'm trying to help you. See, if you identify what, what's going wrong, you can overcome it. Okay? Now, see, men typically, not all the time, this ain't everybody, but men enjoy celebrating the victories of their friends. Men, men, men can enter into celebration if if me and Deacon West were going to the same college and, and, and Deacon is, is, before he married a beautiful Nixa, if he's dating her and, and, and she's the homecoming queen and, and, and every time I get around him, I'm like, what's up, man? That's, that's my boy right there. He's rolling with that homecoming queen. What? You get it, man. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. What? It's my boy like that. Now, let me get 
on the other side. Two girls going to high school, junior high, college, church together. Old folks home banquet. It don't matter. Girls could be just together. I mean, that's, 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 that's my home girl. But let her get the captain of the football team. Let her get the best-looking man in the room. Let her get the dude that turns you down. She ain't nothing but a hoe. That skank. I used to roll with her. Look at her now. She ain't nobody. Thinks she's somebody. He ain't with her but for one reason. She's too stupid to know it. Am I right to anybody? That is not rejoicing. Well, I can't wait till he knock her up and leave her. Look at that. He ain't going to be, as already baby daddy done before. I thought that was your friend. I thought that was your homegirl. I thought that was your ride or die. Now it's just your die. Celebrate the success of other people. Don't let other people's success get you down. And I understand because I've been doing this for a long time and I've counseled tens of thousands of people. And I understand that there is a, a human predisposition to when am I going to get me mines? But that's, that, that's King's Road speak for uh, when is my ship coming in? Listen, if you're always worried about when your ship is going to come in, and you can't even celebrate the victories of your friends and your families and your co-workers and the people that you know. Uh, your ship is probably going to continue to be delayed. Because our God is our Heavenly Father. And He wants obedience. And He told us to rejoice. That's not always easy in the midst of this overload of information. That's not always easy when every time we turn on the television, we hear something that doesn't make sense to us. That's not always easy when we see what's going on in schools, in communities. That's not always easy when we see what's going on with religious leaders and civic leaders and politicians that doesn't make sense to anyone. That's not always easy to just be willingly happy about everything in life. But listen, you, God is a good father. He's not here to negotiate with us. He's here to expect obedience from us with no discipline. God said rejoice. Now, the good news is God is loving. He's kind. He's gracious. He's merciful. He, he's, he's full of loving kindness and tender mercy. He's not like mom or dad driving you to church. Y'all, If y'all have seen those memes, they're hilarious where, you know, everybody's screaming, cussing each, each other on the church, and, and they get in the parking lot. Dad slams it in the park and says, everybody smile and act like you love the Lord. That dude expects total obedience too, but he got issues, right? God don't have those kind of issues, but God does expect us to do what he says, and he told us to rejoice. Say rejoice. If you can't do it, at least you need to be able to say it. God said rejoice in the Lord always, and it is so important to him. He said it again and put it out there. I'm saying it again to rejoice. It's a celebration. Listen, depressed people don't celebrate. Bitter people don't celebrate. Negative people don't celebrate. Critical people don't celebrate. People who are mad at the world don't celebrate. And if you can't celebrate, then you can't walk in this scripture and you are violating God's word. 
See, people, another thing it's easy to get churches to do, not just say God is good, but to do that whole, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. Every time I see churches do that, I think, probably not. I have what it says I have. Really? Overflowing blessing? Peace like a river? Joy unspeakable and full of glory? You, you, you got peace beyond all human understanding? That, that's where you're at? I, I, I can do what it says I can do. Well, maybe if you do what it tells you to do. See, here, here, here's where you got, you got to eat the whole roll, the Scripture says. You, you, you got to take this whole thing as one. This is where people get depressed and fall out of Christ. They try to cherry pick the Scripture. They try to go, oh, I like how that sounds. That, that's, not, that, that, that's why the Old Testament prophet said, they, they say prophesize to us smooth things, things that are easy to hear. Tell, tell, tell us how awesome we are. That's really very seldom the way a father approaches his children. That's really very seldom. Hold on for me, brother. Uh, that's, that's very seldom how a father approaches his children. And if, if you have a really great dad, uh, here, here's what will happen. And I've used this analogy before, but I want you to get it. I grew up playing baseball. And here's how a real dad will treat his baseball playing son. The, the son hits a home run, wins the game. Everybody celebrates, shout, says hallelujah. They forget that they had two errors in the field. Uh, had a base run error on the bases, and dad is just like, come on, let's go. Good game, boy. What's wrong, dad? You don't think I played a great game? No, son, I don't believe you played a great game. I'm glad you hit a home run. I'm glad you won. But what about those, uh, what about those two sloppy fielding plays you made? You wouldn't have needed that home run if, if you wouldn't let three runs score on your two errors. And I don't know who you thought you were trying to, str- trying to stretch that single into a triple. You, you were out before you even left second base, son. Well, what about my home run? Well, I'm glad that the wind was blowing hard because you were off balance. You risked it, and the wind carried it out. Isn't that how, some, isn't that how Dad talks to it? Is that what he does, Nancy? Just like that? You don't blow smoke up your own child behind when you know they made mistakes. Why do church folk think, well, this preacher better blow some sunshine on me today, or I ain't going to... If it takes sunshine being blown on you for you to rejoice, I wish that you would let Jeff Harris make you a T-shirt. The B-Fam shirt, that's awesome, but a different T-shirt that just says, I am a violator of God's word, but I expect all the goodies with none of the obedience. Wear that shirt proudly so folk like me can laugh at you. I need more laughter in my life. You have to obey God to get what God has for you. Are you rejoicing? Are you, are you willingly happy about stuff? Well, I'm happy about the stuff I'm happy about. You already sound miserable. It, we used to sing a song in church. I'm sure some churches still sing it. If you're happy and you know it. Yeah, and that's cool. But anybody can clap their hands. I heard one old preacher say it this way. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. At least in church. At least in church. We, we are supposed to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, but, but it takes a certain mindset. It takes, it takes a certain setup to get there. And I want us to see what the word has to say about it. It says rejoice in the Lord how often? Now, if you're a thinking person, and I hope you are, 
because God gave you a mind to think. You, you, you got to wonder, how, how in the world, in, in, this, in this present economy, with this present political situation, with this, with this present national upheaval and everything that's going on wrong in the world, how, how in the world can, can I always be rejoicing? Well, you, you missed a, a portion of that sentence. God didn't say, because of your finances, rejoice. He didn't say because of who gets confirmed, nominated, elected, or, or fired, hired, or he didn't say because of the weather rejoice. He said rejoice in what? Rejoice in the Lord. Now, if you... Boy, if that was that presidential alert, I was going to throw this microphone. I told y'all I was so mad about that thing. I was so mad that thing came, because I got all that turned off, because I don't want my phone going off in church, because I'm holy. <laughs> I was so mad about that thing, I looked it up. You can't turn that presidential alert off. And I'm like, what kind of person thinks he can just invade my cell phone? You just, they never did this before. I, I looked it up. I'm like, okay, do y'all, do y'all know the president? passed legislation to where anytime he just, and that was the first text, passed legislation to anytime he just wants to go on a text blast, he can just blow up every phone in America. How many, how many of y'all think that's jacked up? How many of y'all surprised, because I was really surprised when I kept reading, how many of y'all surprised to find out that President Obama passed that law? <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and they just finally got the technology up to finally make a test run on it. And so, listen, it ain't always what you think it is because it wasn't what I thought it was, but turn them Amber Alerts off. I don't even remember what I was saying. We're talking about baseball and Jesus. Let's get back to Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. Well, how am I supposed to rejoice when my, when my baby boy just got locked up? It's always a way of looking at something. At least he's not dead. Well, what if, what, if, what if he is dead? At least you had that time you had with him. Well, what if you hated all that time you had with him? Well, at least he's dead. How could you say that? How could you not smile at anything? I'm going to take the whole church to the comedy zone one night and see if, there's the, if anybody can make you smile. Rejoice in the Lord. This is the key. Say key. This is the key. Rejoice in the Lord. You're not always going to be able to rejoice in your finances. You're not always going to be able to rejoice in your family. You're not always going to be able to rejoice in what you see going on, especially if you avail yourself to too much media. I don't don't even know how they got away with it because it was a a media company. I don't know who it was. It was one of them phones. I don't know if it was Samsung, if it was Android, if it was Apple, whoever it was. But they had a dad and a daughter sitting on the side of a cliff looking at a sunset, and she's all like this, uh, videoing and filming it, and he pushes her phone down and said, just look. And I thought, man, there's a message there. There's a message there. If you don't get anything out of today's message, get this. Unplug from some of that technology and some of that constant assault on your mind and just be who God created you to be. Without all this outside influence. Be who God created. Just just sit back and think about the goodness of the Lord. Think about the fact that he is 
worthy just because of who he is. Think about the fact that he saved you when he didn't have to save you. Think about the fact that he's prepared a place for you in heaven and soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Think about the fact that one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Think about the fact that the score might look bad right now, but I know who wins this thing and I'm on the winning team. So ha, 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 y'all can't fade me. Too many people stressed out, strained up, bitter, negative about everything because they are not thinking about the right things. You're letting your mind get all caught up. Well, you, you just don't know. I, I'm, I'm just going through. I don't even know how I'm going to pay my rent. Uh, well, you're going to pay it with some type of U.S. currency. That's how. Or not. Somebody, somebody I hadn't talked to in a long time call me this week they tell me they're praying for my back and they they went into the overly you know I, I know God God has to heal you good as you've been to him I'm like whoa hey hey no God's already done enough for me oh no I, I'm speaking healing over you right now through these telephone lines I'm thinking well I, I appreciate all that uh oh it's gonna get better for you it's gonna get better I said well maybe no you gotta walk in faith but I said I'll tell you what my faith is my faith says this it'll get better or it won't but God's still God either way And then they begin to chastise me over my doctrine, which, which you know, they, they were bringing a, a, a paper clip to, to a, a, a machine gun fight at that point. And, and I let them know, well, you, you, would you have been sitting there looking up at St. Peter as he hung upside down on the cross, being crucified, bleeding to death, choking to death, not even be able to draw a good full uh, lung full of breath? And would you have been sitting there telling him, just hold on, God coming. Hold on. It's going to get better. Hold on. Your miracles are laid in the... Whoa. No, he died. Didn't he die? He died. Gruesome death. He said, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say it might get better for your situation, but your situation is temporary. Eternal is forever. It's definitely going to get better on the other side if it never gets better on this side. Well, I've been waiting too long for mine, and I just give up. You should have gave up a long time ago and just realized, for the Lord I live, for the Lord I die. God gives, God take away. God make the sunshine and the rain fall. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. If it had to be shining on you all the time for you to be thankful for who God is, you really haven't recognized how great he is to begin with. Well, I just need some sunshine every now and then. I just need some good news every now and then. I give you sunshine and good news right now. God loves you, and he's on your side. And if you will fall in line with what he has to say to you, you will make it to the end. And you will stand before him one day, and he will let you into his heaven, and all your worries will be over at that time. Between now and then, we have commands to keep. We have a God to glorify. We have a charge to keep and a God to glorify. And the God that we have to glorify told us to rejoice in him always. When you can't rejoice in your relationships with other people, rejoice in the Lord. When you can't rejoice in, in your relationship with your job, rejoice in the Lord. When you can't rejoice about the physical pain in your body, rejoice in the Lord. When you can't rejoice about your finances, rejoice in the Lord. And when all those other things line up and you can rejoice in them, still rejoice in the Lord. The Lord. Listen to how the apostles 
did he? Listen to what happened when Peter and them got locked up in Acts chapter 5, verse 40. The scripture says, And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. And then they let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, let me get the backdrop for you. They, they have been out preaching Jesus. They got arrested for this. They got arrested, thrown in jail, and beaten. <laughs> we, we crying police brutality right now. Uh, dude threw me up against the car too hard. I wish they'd let him throw harder. That's easy for you to say. I've been thrown in the back. Uh, I've been thrown on the ground. I had neck in my knee in my neck. I've been in jail. I, 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 you, you, if you've been in jail more times than me, you ought to preach sometime. Here. These people were roughed up, beaten. This, this ain't no, no today kind of beaten. They, 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 they didn't just, they didn't let me go to breakfast. That, that wasn't abuse to them back then. They didn't give me my phone call. That, that, was, that wasn't what they were talking about. These people got arrested. They were beaten. And they were called before the council. They were threatened. If you ever talk about Jesus again, more the same is going to happen to you. They left the presence of the council and they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Listen, they were just glad that they were the one talking good about Jesus when other people weren't. It wasn't everything going good for them. It was it's just like Paul and Silas. They were, they were locked up in jail, and they were singing praises to the Lord. They, and everybody tries to make it about the earthquake and the, and the chains. He break every chain, and the chain's going to fall off, and doors going to fly open. They weren't singing so chains would fall off and doors would fly open. They were singing because God was worthy to be praised. They were singing because they were in their right mind, and they knew who Jehovah was. They were singing because they knew, you can torture me just all day long, do what you want to do to me. I'm still going to make heaven. This is how the apostles dealt with these issues and in the next verse it says and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ they they told him you can't keep saying that this Jesus who we killed is Messiah is Christ you can't keep going around telling people that you, you're causing problems in the community and, and they told him hey you you do you we're gonna do us and they continued to do something that was causing them personal discomfort People wonder why churches have to meet so much. How, how often did the apostles go to church? Look at the second word. That daily they were in the temple and they were going in house to house and they and they didn't stop talking about and they didn't stop preaching about Jesus as the Christ. They didn't let their personal discomfort throw them off their spiritual assignment. If we had time today, and I'm not going to keep you here, if we had time today, we'd have an invitation long enough for me to personally pray with everyone in this room who has allowed their personal discomfort to distract them from their assignment. But uh, we do not have that kind of time. There are people in this room right now that if they'd be honest, you have let personal discomfort sidetrack you. You have let disappointment and discouragement sidetrack you. You've let mental attacks sidetrack you. You've let depression sidetrack you. You've let physical pain, uh, financial discomfort. You've let these things sidetrack you. When the scripture says don't get sidetracked, stay on track. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Don't let your personal pain get involved. In the, in, in the 
uh, in Romans chapter 14, they were arguing about what was right to do, what was wrong to do, this certain type of meat that they've been offered to idols. They said some people said you shouldn't eat it, some people say you should. Then, then God comes along in verse 17 of Romans 14 and says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He's telling them, y'all looking at too much natural stuff. Y'all, y'all, y'all getting, you're paying it, you, you're distracted, you're sidetracked by this meat issue. They had leftover meat that had been sacrificed to false gods. They put it on the BOGO table, buy one, get one free. And Christians were trying to get over. They were buying that. And other Christians were like, ooh, you're going to hell if you eat that meat. Oh, you're going to die. God's going to judge you. And others were like, hey, I'm being faithful steward over my money. Uh, I'm, God bless and sanctifying this. And, and the apostle comes along and says, you're, being, you're concentrating on the wrong stuff. 2,000 years later, Churches are still concentrating on the wrong stuff, concentrating on politics, concentrating on the economy, concentrating on stuff that is, is going to rise and fall and one day been done all the way with. The apostle said, it's not in these natural things that you allow to sidetrack you. That's not what we're trying to get you to live. What we're trying to get you to live is in God's kingdom. And what that's about is about living right, having peace, and having joy. It's about right living, peace, and joy, if, you, if I had a meter and I could measure you today, I'd put my joy o meter on you. And I just want to see where you're at. I put my righteousness o meter on you. I just want to see where you're at. See, a lot of churches are telling lies to the people. And, it, and all they preach about is happiness, joy, and circumstances getting better. And that's not what the kingdom of God is. They're putting the cart before the horse. God is very specific. The Bible is a specific book. And these words are in a certain order for a reason. See, if you be honest with yourself, this order is backwards to what every human being wants. What do you think human beings want more? Do human beings want to, to live right more or do they want more joy? 100% they want more joy. They, 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 want to be, they just want to be filled up bubbly with joy. To tell me smooth things, preacher. Tell, make, make, make me feel good. They, they, want, they want joy more than they want any, any, anything to do with right living. Uh, but second, they want peace. They want peace in their mind. I, I want to feel good in my emotions, and I want my mind to be happy. Well, the problem with that is there's a word that they've skipped over, and that word came first, not second and not third. That word preempted all, all these other words, and that word is righteousness. Well, I love Ron Canoli, a uh, great African-American gospel singer, praise and worship singer. I uh, sang a lot with integrity, Hosanna. Uh, I was in Carpenter's Home Church when he made a live album, uh, a live praise album, and he sang that song, Righteousness. Any of y'all ever heard that song? He had a Jamaican band up there playing with him. He tried to sing it in, in his best fake Jamaican. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking, okay, you don't talk like that. But he was getting people to try to get excited about the righteousness that's available through Christ. The peace that's available through Christ. And the joy that is available through Christ. This doesn't come from bitterness. This doesn't come from negativity. And I want you to know in the midst of a crazy world, you can have righteousness, peace, and joy. But there's a way that it comes. I'm going to give you three things real quick. We're going to get out of here. Three bullet points out, 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 of, out of a great bullet point book. First Thessalonians 5, 16 tells us the same thing that was told in Philippians. Two words, rejoice always. Say rejoice always. 
That doesn't sound possible unless your rejoicing is in Christ. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to. I know what God said for you to do. Rejoice. I love being around people who can find the good side of the coin. I love being around. So listen, you, you, you can find an old, wore-out, mangy, just, just dirty, mud-dripping, ugly dog, snaggled to one good-tooth dog, just broke down, three-legged. one. Uh, but you can still find something good to say. That one tooth is sure white, ain't it? Why wouldn't you choose to look on the bright side? Looking on the dark side hadn't been helping you any. Figure out how to be happy about something. The Bible says rejoice always. Uh, when, when I read that, I wrote this down. Be happy. Say be happy. Be happy. Listen, not in things, but be happy because of all that God has done for you. Be happy because of all that God has. Now, if God hadn't done anything for you, you need to get saved. If you're saved, he's already done a whole lot for you. How to maintain this, though, because this is not a one-time proposition. You have to keep telling yourself this one thing. God is in control. Say that with me. God is in control. you got to keep telling yourself that. The next verse says pray without ceasing. So not only be happy, but be prayerful. And you, you, the, the Scripture tells us to pray about everything that bothers you. Pray about everything that, that, that's in your mind. And as you do that, to be prayerful, listen, some people have given up on prayer because they didn't remember what I told them. you got to keep telling yourself this. God is what? In control. You tell yourself as you pray about things, God is in control. You pray about it and you realize in your mind, God is in control of all these things. And the last verse I'm going to read, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will that we give thanks. So not only be happy, not only be prayerful, but be thankful about how much? Everything. Be thankful about everything. That doesn't make sense. Be thankful because I got fired. Be thankful because I just found out I got strep throat. Be, thank be thankful. How can that be right? If you're constant remind constantly reminding yourself God is in control, is God in control of you losing your job? Is God in control of, hard, of bad? God's in control of everything. Good, bad, happy, sad, up, down, and in between. God is in control of everything. So here's what I want you to take away from this this morning. God said to rejoice always. God said that you got to be happy. That's what it means to, to be willingly happy. Well, how can I be happy about my situation? Be happy that you know God's in control of your situation. How can I be happy if I don't know whether or not my child is, 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 is going to turn out right? Be happy because you know God loves your child more than you do. Start taking all of the pressure off you, off social media, off society at large, and start putting all of the, the priority where it belongs on God. Be happy. If you're saved, be happy. If you're not saved, get saved so you can be happy. I've had people tell me, well, I don't want to get saved yet. I'm too young. I still want to go out and, 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 and have my fun. It sounds cliche to everybody that hasn't lived it. But it sounds more real than the air that you can't see to people who have lived it. Ain't no, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. 
Because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. There, ain't, there is no happiness like the happiness you can have alone in your bedroom, alone in your car, riding down the road with a friend in Christ, just knowing how good is God. How great is our God. How great is our God. But until you get saved, you can't lock in on that. Until you get your mind right, even if you are saved, you can't lock in on that. You'll stay depressed. You'll stay negative. You'll stay critical. You'll stay bitter. You'll stay missing out on all the good things our Father has for you. Why well, you got to be happy. You got to rejoice. That's what it means to rejoice, to celebrate and willingly be happy. You got to be prayerful, though. You got to be praying. You got to be praying. It's one good thing about being in church for a long time. You pick up on some stuff that means something to you. I, I love what I heard a long time ago. Old, old church mother said, you can talk about me just as much as you please. I'm going to talk about you on my knees. Pray about it. Love everybody. Pray for those that are trying to mess with you. See, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to stay mad at somebody that you're praying for. Because even if you don't fall in love with them overnight, you can be praying knowing God got it. I don't have no problem praying for my enemies. Because I know who's on the Lord's side. And I know God is in control. I want you to willingly choose to believe that God is in control. I'm not asking you to do a hard thing. That's like asking you to believe that fire is hot. It is what it is. God is in control. But your mind is not going to be able to be happy or to rejoice to be thankful or prayerful until you really come to grips with this reality. Yes, he is. He is in control. Yes, he is. He is the only real God. Yes, he is. He does love me. Yes, he does. He is on the throne in heaven. Yes, he is. He does have the final say in this life and in all lives. Yes, he does. He is the only true God, and he loves me. The greatest news I can give you is the old, one of the first songs I learned to sing as a child in church. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I don't have to see sunshine every day. I know the Lord loves me because his book tells me he loves me. I know the Lord loves me because I've been around him long enough to see his love in action. The theme of this year for our church is love requires action. Do you believe God put action to his love on the cross? Yes, he did. He showed his love to us while we were still sinners and that he died for us. I want you to find something to rejoice about this week. I want you to find something to keep rejoicing about because it's when you begin to rejoice, when you begin to be happy, be prayerful, and be thankful that things around you will change. That one old preacher had a radio show. I didn't agree with his theology, but he'd get on the radio and close every broadcast. I think Herbert W. Armstrong closed every broadcast by saying God is on the throne and prayer changes things well I began to wonder about that because I'm like man I'm praying about a bunch of stuff and nothing changing but when I really began to pray about it and turn it over to God isn't that right Judy? Judy got that answer I, I, I found out what it is that God what it is that prayer changed prayer changed me I know you I, we all have situations that we want to see changed and, and prayer may very well change your situation I don't know that for sure but what I do know this if you begin to obey God, 
If you begin to realize that God is in control, if you begin to, to celebrate, to rejoice, to be happy, to be prayerful, to be thankful, God will change you. He'll change your attitude in the midst of your struggle. He'll, cha he'll, cha he'll change your uplook in the, midst of your, uh, in the midst of your hard times. He will give you on the inside the ability to rejoice and to have real joy. And I want that from you, for you. I want to see you prospering in God. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to have the same testimony, but it does mean we can all have the joy of the Lord as our strength. God wants to empower you to do what he's called you to do. You cannot do that bad-mouthing, walking around look like you're sucking on lemons all week long, walking around mad at the world. Well, you don't know my struggle. You don't know how, what, it, what I've been through. I do know what God went through so that you could have a smile. I do know what God went through so you could rejoice. I know what God went through so we could all find heaven. And I want you to concentrate on that this week. I want you to try this week rejoicing more than complaining. I want you to try this week uh, being thankful more than being critical. And I want you to allow God to have control of your life so he can be all to you that this book says that he wants to be. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word, Father. I thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you for truth. Your word is truth. Your word tells us that your joy can be our strength, Lord. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and give us the ability to rejoice. Give us the, 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 the mind of Christ where we will see that you are always in control and that your way is always right. God, I thank you for salvation. Lord, I pray for every person in this room who's not truly saved. God, I pray, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. And do what only you can do, Father. I pray you save the lost, deliver the backslider, encourage your children, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.